Bruce and I were talking just a minute ago about it being hot and all that, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'm kind of ashamed of myself when I do complain about things like that. Yeah. I'm reminded of the Israelite people when they murmured against the Lord. He said, Lord, you brought us out in this desert to kill us. But we have the assurance that it's going to be seed time and harvest until the end. You got to have a little less heat to go along with that cold to appreciate either one. So when it gets really cold, we say, "Sure, be sure glad when it gets hot. Yeah. <laughs> when it gets hot, it sure be glad when it gets cold." We're always murmuring. It's just the way we are. Exodus, the fifteenth chapter, for a beginning this morning. <clears throat> That's kind of what this is about. We ought to quit murmuring and sing a song unto the Lord. We we went to the song of Solomon last week. We come to the Israelite and Moses song today. A little different. And said and then sang Moses and then the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying I was singing unto the Lord for he had triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath be thrown into the sea and the Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation he is my God and I will prepare for him a habitation, my Father's God. I will exalt him. One of the things uh, I'd like for us to keep in mind this morning as we go along, there's two words that come up. One of them is ransom, and uh, the other one is redeem. And they're pretty closely related, so close related, I can hardly separate them and take them apart. But the Lord came to pay a ransom for his people. The people that God the Father hath given him, he came to pay a ransom for them and get them out of jail. You see, the sentence, first place was a sentence of death for sin. Sin brings on death. Death then comes by the judgment of God, which is a just judgment because we've always, like, again, we, we want to murmur against the Lord. And, and I say again, I, I'm ashamed sometimes that I don't have the patience to wait and see what tomorrow brings. I find also that people, for the most part today, are incapable 
of worship. They just are. Because they just can't bow before God. Their conscience causes them to be religious in certain ways. It's always condemning. So they they have emotional ideas and try to serve God. But unless a, unless a man be brought low and he can see the glory of the Lord and see that this is a day the Lord hath made, we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. But very few anymore seem like can really say that from the heart. They can say it from an emotional standpoint, a lot of people. But to say it from the heart and say, well, all, the Lord, he, all things he does is well. He doeth all things well. The Israelite people here had just saw Pharaoh's whole army drown in the Red Sea. And they were brought to the point that they were ready to sing a song unto the Lord, a song of praise. Praise the Lord. He hath done great things. He hath redeemed us. He has sent one to pay the ransom, to liberate us. And liberty... Liberty is the key word here. If a man isn't liberated to worship, he can't worship. He just can't. It won't come out of him. His old heart is hard, lest it be pricked to the quick. He can't worship. Even though they try desperately today. Church houses, what we call church houses, they're full of folks. Up on the corner up here in Trinity waving. There's two of them out there this morning. Thank you. He got them too. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of losing faith, I believe. Anyway, that's kind of the way it is. Now, I don't have any confidence at all that they are going to get one soul saved out there waving at people on the street. Uh, it's all right to speak to people. It's all right to be nice to people. It's all right to ask them to go to church. But going to church is not going to get the job done to heart. It's what has to be worked on. If a man's heart is not right, he cannot serve God. He can do a lot of things. Drive the church bus or whatever, you know. <laughs> Need to give them a job right away so they won't leave, you know, so they won't get away. Got to get your hooks in them. But the Israelite people here were in a condition that they were ready to praise God understand Pharaoh's army was right on them. There wasn't but one thing that kept them from getting the Israelite people. That was a cloud. 
that was between them all the way. And when they put their feet into the Red Sea, it opened up. But they kept on marching, that's the whole thing. They didn't walk up there and stop. They kept on marching into the sea and it dried up. So they were ready to worship. True heart to heart worship. Going on, he said to the Lord, verse 3, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath cut into the sea. They're cast into the sea, and his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them, and they sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. So it hadn't changed any either. Same thing. He could open the sea up this morning if he wanted to. Thy right hand, Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Well, he's redeemed them. Took the enemy away. Done away with it. When the enemy's gone, we should be able to worship then. What, what are we worried about? What is our care? What are we having problem with? Another thing, I open up Facebook nowadays, and there's all kind of little prayers on there. But you know what nearly every one of them is about? Lord, bless me. Send a blessing. Take care of my children. Take care of this. Take care of that. They want some little God that would just walk in all time and just soothe them all time. It's not going to be so. First place, you're going to be tried. And if the heart's not tried, it'll never be true. So God... The prayers that I hear going up are just lasciviousness, worthless. <clears throat> in thy great and in the greatness of thy excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee, and sendest them forth. Thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the water were gathered together, and the flood stood upright as a heap. And the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them, and I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. 
they sank as lead in the mighty waves. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Which thou hast redeemed. He saved them from the enemy. Covered the enemy up in the sea. All their leaders. All the high people. And he covered them up in the sea. He swallowed them. Thou, in thy mercy, hast led forward the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast girded them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. <clears throat> Sorrow shall take hold upon the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, and mighty men of Moab tremble, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone, Till thy people pass over, O Lord, until thy people pass over, which thou hast purchased, made an atonement for their sin. He hath paid the ransom. The purchase price. What was the price? The Lord Himself. That was the price that was set upon the people. He must, He must pay the price for the people. There was always that price set there. The only thing that could pay it. The only thing that could redeem the people would be the Lord himself. No other price. This certain price paid the ransom to redeem the people. We might say it another way. He came to save them from their sin. Redemption. And it's in him and him alone. He redeems us in the book of Zechariah. We were there last week, I believe. And 12th chapter. In the ninth verse. Said, and it shall come to pass in that day, as always that day, in, in the fullness of time, and I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. 
Hmm. As a matter of fact, it's got an S on it. Supplications be more than one. And they shall look unto me, whom they have pierced. Are we not ashamed? We, we, we in our natural state are equally guilty of piercing our Lord in his side. We, don't, we take that too lightly. It's serious business. Pierced and they shall mourn for him. Well, where are you going to worship after the morning. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And in that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadid-Arim in the valley of Megadon. If you want to go back and look at that, uh, it's in Second Chronicles, the thirty-fifth chapter. Josiah was killed. The the good king was killed. They had been so good; they had it so good. They didn't know Israelite people had had kind of let it slip that things were so good. But when Josiah was killed, there was great mourning in the land because. He was gone. He is the one that restored the temple at one point. And he's the one that found the book of the law that he could read to the people. And now he's gone. Would we not have the same morning today for our Lord? He's done great things for you and I. Each one. And the land shall mourn. Every family apart. The family of the house of David apart. And the wives apart. And the family of the house of Nathan apart. And the wives apart. And I guess that's, we won't go any further. But it's going to be a personal thing. Want a personal Savior? This is going to be personal. Each one of mourn. It'll be total mourning of land because we have spit upon God and upon His Son on the cross of Calvary and question who He was. And you and I are guilty as the rest of them. Only thing that is different about us is the Spirit of God that that gives us the liberty to mourn and praise God for what He's done. The Spirit of worship. We come before Him in the Spirit. In the Spirit, you understand. We, we can't perform outside of the Spirit. The Spirit is our mainstay. It's always carrying us along. 
Well, it's going to be a morning, each individual morning, because that they treated the Lord like they have. Been so careless to try to worship Him in a manner that is not acceptable. Always, always finding more devices to try to appease the God of wrath that's coming upon mankind. Always trying to appease him. People of Lord are different because they have their high priest to make intercession with the Father. It's a serious thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. We don't take that too seriously. You know, the Lord has been so good to us up here sometime. We, even we, have lost some of the seriousness of the Lord's business. We'll go to the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. You might have thought I'd go there. <laughs> I'll continue to go in there. Matter <clears throat> of fact, we're going we're gonna to cross paths with what one place we did last week. But I don't think it'll hurt us to read it again. <laughs> 61st chapter. In verse 1, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives. Now, this is an important part of what we're talking about today. Liberty. We were captive, liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now they say we we this they like the Israelite people. We, we, we've not been in bondage to any man, but yeah, constantly in bondage. A man outside of Christ is in bondage. He's bound in sin. And there isn't any opening the lock outside of Christ. He said to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I think this probably points back to the year of Jubilee. The acceptable year of the Lord when all things will be made new. You got some land, go back to the original owner or the original family. Everything will be made even again. The acceptable year of the Lord. That's what the Lord did when he come. He paid the sin debt of those that were in bondage to their 
neighbor. So he paid that debt on them. The year, it's just a sad point there, just a little something extra. Acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes and oil for a joy of mourning, the garment of praise, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. The Lord did. Lord is always watching over his people. It, it may not turn out exactly like you think. But he's still there. All things still work together to good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things are according to his purpose, whether you like it or not. It's all in his purpose. 52nd chapter of Isaiah. I guess in verse 6, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know that in the day that I am that I am he that doth speak, behold, it is I. It's kind of tongue twisting there, but it's, it's one. It's him. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice with the voice together. They shall sing. What song are they going to sing? Same one that Moses and the Israelite people sang. That's it. This is our God. That's who we have waited for. They shall sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. And then in verse 9 he said, Break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord had comforted, hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. He paid the ransom. And then his strong arm redeemed Jerusalem. Redemption. Fifty-fourth chapter. This is where we were last week, I believe I come here. 
Verse 5, For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith my God, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies have I gathered thee. Will I gather thee in a little in a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Redeemed. We had an old song, I've got the title of it, Redeemed. Yeah. How good it is to be redeemed. Redeemed what? From the hand of the enemy. And our major enemy is sin. It's always welling up in us. There's always a war, there's a battle going on there to try to contain it, keep it from getting out and getting unruly. So we're always battling to keep that down. In the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, Verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity. That's who we are, isn't it? Not willing, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Well, the Lord made him. He made him subject to vanity. That's the way he is. But he also made him subject to hope. Now, it's not the same kind of hope the world has now. This is a different hope. This one that's true and sure. Because a creature itself also shall be delivered from a bondage of corruption, redeemed. into the glorious liberty, glorious liberty of the children of God. We're liberated to worship God. And the reason we worship God is because we're liberated. The glorious liberty that comes with the Spirit of Christ for we know 
Yeah, for we know the whole creation. Groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and it still does. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. What is that? It's, it's the liberty that comes. The first fruits of the Spirit. It gives us power to operate in a fashion that would be pleasing unto God. If we take our cue from the Spirit itself and do it. Israelite people, there's another one of their faults. They said, Lord, tell us what to do and we'll do it. Well, the better part of that is today we have the Spirit that tells us what to do. Fruits of the Spirit. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we also ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So there's some things that are not yet carried out. And we're waiting. We're made subject to vanity, and we kind of wonder once in a while, Lord, why wait? What are we waiting for? Let's get it over with. But then we look back and we say, Lord, in due time, in your time, bring it on. We're looking forward to it. We're groaning within ourselves, looking for the redemption of not only our soul, but our body also, that we might be made whole. That'd be a great day, wouldn't it? Made one. He's, he's, he's the husband. We married unto him. And the redemption is in him. So we look forward to the completeness of it, the resurrection. That'd be it. All things pass away that is here that was made to start with with nothing. I used to tell them I taught welding a long time and I, I figured out in welding that nothing in this world won't burn up. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Lord said it's going to burn it up one day and I, I kind of can feature it in my mind just be one big flash like dropping a fire into a beaker of oxygen. Then nothing won't burn up. That's just another little sad thing. If you get it hot enough, it'll, it'll burn. And the Lord is a consuming fire. He will burn it. Some folks think that iron is, you know, won't burn. They, they all, they're always coming up with something that, is, you know, flame-proof. No, <laughs> they don't make that. Lord built it out of nothing. 
and it's going to be one big flash. You can take that or leave it. And it's going to be consumed, and it's going to go back to a vapor. Now, there's a lot about that we don't know. But we do know from the Word it'll be cleansed completely. And it will be liberated. This old world will be liberated. And everything in it. Because it won't be anymore. It'll be cleansed. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth that God once again, I'm sure, will create from nothing. That's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, isn't it? From nothing. Be gone. Revelations, the 15th chapter. In verse 1, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw it as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten a victory had gotten a victory Victory in Jesus. We got that old song too, don't we? That gotten a victory over the beast and over the image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. And what are they going to do? And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, and the Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thy King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And I, after that I looked, and behold, the temple, the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. I want you to look at one thing, verse 3. He said, And the servants of God and the song of the Lamb... Now the Lord came as a lamb, laid down his life, this perfect sacrifice. This, this was sin offering, the sacrifice of the lamb for the sins of his people. He paid the ransom the price for his people as a lamb. He saved his people 
from their sin. He was stood as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He gave of himself that we might have liberty, that we might be liberated to do what? To worship God. We don't necessarily have to come in this door to worship him either, by the way. There's folks that got, I see signs up, well, we got, you know, a prayer bench or we got welcome come in with, you know. I don't want you to think you can worship him out in the field when you could be here. But you can worship him in the field when you can't be here. He is to be worshipped because he is a lamb that has ransom us in the fifth chapter of the revelation the revelation of Jesus Christ <clears throat> I, I guess we just begin in verse 1 and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. It was shut up. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon and I wept much what was he sorrowing over no one to open the book and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book neither looked thereon and one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah. What was it? His strong right arm. The line. He came to pay the ransom as a lamb. And he came to redeem his people as a lion, roaring, roaring forward to gather his people into one. Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed, prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And, be, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and the, uh, of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Now we've seen both, the lion and the lamb were together. They're one carrying out the same mission 
to save his people from their sin. Stood a lamb as, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Have they not heard? Book of Romans again, have they not heard? He didn't have to answer that. Yeah, they have. Seven spirits went forth proclaiming the year of the Jubilee. All things would be made right, especially in the eyes of the Lord. A lot of murmuring going to go on before then, but it must be. It must be that men murmur. If they don't ever murmur, they don't have any need for anything. Go back to this hot. And we do murmur, Lord, Lord, it's so hot. It's awful. But this, once again, is a day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It will be a cooler day coming. 